It started. I don't know what you're looking at. But it oh, started. I'm like waiting for it to start. I waited for like a beep. I want it to be like a beep, like a like a clap. We started. Uh, okay. Um, what is that? Milk? You're drinking a huge glass of milk. <laughs> it's a it's an iced chai. It does look like a giant glass of milk. Uh. Welcome to the eighth episode of Partial Recall, or uh, hopefully the first episode that anyone should actually listen to. I'm Daniel, one of the hosts. I'm here with my friend Yishai, the other of the hosts. Uh, Yishai, why don't you tell our smart listeners who are listening to their first episode what this podcast is about? This podcast is about movies we've seen as kids that we only sort of remember. So in the first half of the episode, we uh, talk about those movies and try to recreate them from our memories. Uh, and then we break, and then we watch the movie, and we come back in the second half of the episode uh, to talk about what we got right and what we got wrong, and uh, if the movie held up. Um, I'm adding like another element in my head, which is that I'm also using this to weed out what movies I end up showing my daughter when she's older. Like, I'm definitely not going to show her the Mario Brothers movie. I probably will show her Demolition Man. Okay. Because I'm correct about that, and that movie is an 8 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember what I gave it. Uh, 6? You also gave it an 8. <laughs> yeah, let's just go go with an 8. I think that's a good, I think that's a good practice, right? Like, we're, we're creating we're, uh, a master list of movies uh, to show our kids. But we've disagreed on when we're going to start showing our kids which movies. Yeah, I mean, my daughter, my daughter's obsessed with movies in general. And she's like really good at watching them for a two-year-old, I think. I mean, I don't hang out around a lot of two-year-olds, but like she watches whole movies. She doesn't like get up. She seems to track the plot. Doesn't look at her cell phone. Nope. Uh, well, she does look at her cell phone. She has like eight cell phones that are just like all of our old phones. Oh. She likes to play with those. Okay. And she goes, she taps on them. She goes, I'm texting daddy. I'm texting. <laughs> and then whichever one of us asks her who she's texting, it's the other parent. Uh uh, just so the listener knows, none of these phones work. She doesn't actually have each. <laughs> she's, she's, she's not a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least not with our old phones. Right. I mean, she might be a drug dealer. I don't know. Side hustle. Um, but yeah, I, I'm now thinking a lot about like what movies do I want to show her? And I think it's an interesting thread um, to add on to this because like, there were so many movies we saw as kids. I, I, obviously, the canonical ones that I remember, but then there's all these in-between ones that I think sometimes I really liked. Yeah. That I might never think about outside of this podcast. So I think it's like a cool... Well, I don't think we've uh, ever discussed, but did your parents show you movies, like, not necessarily from the childhood, but movies that like they really liked when you were growing up uh, that weren't coming out just then? They did. My parents had sort of artsy instincts, Um so we saw, uh, like, French independent cinema and, like, stuff like that. That's very, very hoity-toity. Um, when I was, I want to say, 
eight years old. My brother was probably 12. Um, my dad decided that we had to see his favorite comedy of all time, uh, which is Eating Raul, <laughs> uh, which is a movie about um, this very uptight couple in the 70s that hate swingers. And so they throw swingers parties and murder the swingers and then sell their corpses to a dog food distributor. <laughs> Maybe your dad had like a <laughs> real vendetta against swingers and he wanted to like indoctrinate you early. Um, no, to this day, I, every time I see swingers in a pool, I think about throwing a toaster in, just <laughs> eating Raul on them. But wait, did your parents introduce you to movies? Like no, movies? they weren't big. Uh, my dad is foreign. Uh, he actually has a funny story that uh, growing up, uh, they um, they had American movies as for like a community thing, uh, but and then they had <laughs> subtitles that you had to crank. Um, but no one understood English, so so they would just crank the subtitles at what they thought was the pace of the movie. And he said that sometimes the cranker would fall asleep and then wake up, and then he would just start cranking really fast to try to, try to catch up. Um, that's incredible so that was like uh those are the stories he told me about watching movies growing up which i think is is great great. um uh, he did say that is how he ended up learning a lot of english not necessarily from those experiences but through movies um i think that's like a pretty classic uh immigrant thing um but yeah they didn't like show us movies that we but it's interesting right because like we're talking about now movies that are 30 years old that we want to show our kids, but like they, you know, we, we, when we saw them, we were their, their age. So they were new movies. So like in theory, like obviously we're going to show them new movies also, but like, it's mm-hmm. interesting to like, but, yeah. But I mean, like we definitely, even if your parents didn't show you them, you definitely engaged with the movies that came out when they were younger. Like you saw star Wars, right? right? Obviously you were not a kid when star Wars came out. Right. Uh, you were, not even a sperm when Star Wars came out. Probably. I don't know how sperm works. Okay? <laughs> I don't think they live for that long. That's not this podcast. Uh, Welcome to our second podcast, How Sperm Works. <laughs> it's a spinoff. That's how we're going to get the Patreon subscribers. It's, you said it's an offshoot. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, very good. Um, anyway, without, this is all a bit of a long walk, but I was, uh, I, I was on vacation last week. Uh, so we were off by a week, but we're going to try to catch up, uh, and get back on track. So apologies to our listener. Uh, so, uh, what movie are we talking about today? Yeah. So we do a thing where we, uh, connect the movie, uh, some element of the previous movie that we discussed to the new movie, uh, last week, uh, or two weeks ago, Daniel's wife. Uh, Megan joined us and usurped my choice uh, and she um, chose Rocky Four, which is uh, her favorite movie uh, from childhood slash ever um, and uh, we watched it and we enjoyed it and the uh, character that I or the actor that I'm going to carry through is Carl Weathers uh, who was Apollo Creed in Rocky and whose name I don't know in Happy Gilmore so uh, Happy Gilmore came out in February 16th 1996 uh so again i think a lot of the movies we ended up watching turned out to be like event movies so they usually come out of holiday times this was i think i don't remember obviously i don't remember like the exact like zeitgeist but like so 
uh, did you see this movie in theaters? No, but I saw it like it was like a big deal, like in VHS, like people's houses. We watched it like many, many times. What about you? This movie also came out around the same time as his, I want to say, second comedy album. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That we also with the Hanukkah song. Yes. And I think that was also like February 1996. I think they were timed together. Oh, interesting. Well, that was also a big, that album. And I remember listening to that album a ton that summer. Yes. Is there like a goat? The goat was the thing I thought was the funniest. Yeah. I'm going to say that in preparation for this podcast, I re-listened to that track. Okay. And it it really scares me about whether or not I'm going to like this movie. <laughs> so Adam Sandler definitely is known for like sophomoric humor, right? Uh, yeah. So maybe, yeah, I, 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 we'll get into it, but I think the nostalgia is going to definitely like hold up. But yeah, like as 96, we were uh, 11 years old. Um, as 11 year olds, it, 10. 10. Really, yeah, that's true. It came out before Birth of Birth is. Yeah, I mean, it really like uh, hit that spot of like, it was, I thought it was like the funniest. Adam movie. Sandler was probably our number one guy. Like he was probably. Like Robin Williams was a previous guy we've talked about on this where it was like, our, our families were Robin Williams' families. Right. Adam Sandler was ours. Our parents were not into Adam Sandler. No. I'm assuming. Right. Uh, and so that was like, and he was, he had this comedy album. Like how many comedy albums do kids listen to right. when they're 10 years old? Right. It's like Weird Al Yankovic and Adam Sandler. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was on one at that time. Yeah. A hundred percent. He was, uh, he was great. So we we probably like I didn't at least know him like super well from Saturday Night Live. Like that's like something you ended up like going back to, and then like I don't even know like how we would have like seen clips for another like at, four at years. Ten at years least. old, I think I always wanted to stay up to watch Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I was like, ah, I'm going to be so grown up. I'm going to stay up to watch Saturday Night Live, and then like occasionally my parents would be like, Okay, like you can try to stay up, and I would drink. You remember Jolt Cola? Yeah. Sure. I would always be like, Mom, you got to buy me a Jolt Cola so that I can make it through Saturday Night Live. Jolt and Cola. And I remember it like specifically said like on the thing, it was like two and a half cups of coffee worth of caffeine. Yeah. It's like what it said Jolt, on Jolt Cola is like the like original Four loco. Uh Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, anyway, what I'm saying is I have great parents. They introduced me to French cinema. They gave me Jolt Cola <laughs> and saw me and took me to see half of Ghost. So, so was this movie a hit? Okay. So the movie uh, – so this follows on the heels of Billy Madison. I think that was like either the year before or two years before, um, which if it wasn't like a critical, uh, sorry, if it wasn't a commercial success, again, like for people like of our age, it was a huge deal. And so I think like we were really excited to see Happy Gilmore and it came out. One year later, yeah. Billy Madison's 1995. I knew it, I, I knew it would have been. Yeah. And, he, and it had a $10 million budget and made $26 million. So not big. And then this had a $12 million budget and made 41 So obviously a step up. But we're not talking about like movies that are like hitting it out of the park. Well, it, but by inflation, that's like $700 right. billion. Dollars. Yeah. I also wonder if this had a really big uh, VHS. Home video? Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Run. Uh, okay. So it stars. Oh, sorry. It's directed by Dennis Dugan, whose name sounds familiar. I feel like he's done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff with uh, Adam Sandler. He's known for his partnership with comedic actor Adam Sandler, for whom he directed the films Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, Benchwarmers, I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, You Don't Mess With the Zoan. So, yeah, he is like uh, – so this was the first one he did, did with Adam Sandler. Uh, it was written by Adam Sandler, starring Adam Sandler, uh, also starting, starring Christopher McDonald as Shooter McGavin, uh, Julie Bowen from uh, 
uh, Modern, Modern Family, Family fame. Um, uh, you know, also on the running tab of um, influential leading ladies, definitely on the list. Uh, and Carl Weathers as uh, his uh, golf instructor. Uh, what's his? Oh, uh, I'll just have to think of his name. It's not coming to me. Do you remember it? I don't remember his name. I feel like it's a it's like a good name, but anyway, uh, distributed Universal Pictures and a running time of ninety two minutes, so right in that great hour and a half sweet spot. Let's get into it. What do you remember about the movie? Okay, uh, so here's what I remember of the movie, which I think I, I think will be pretty pretty good. So, Happy Gilmore is a uh, hockey player who uh, can't skate, so he can't like have a hockey career. Oh, I thought he got like kicked out. I was trying to remember how he transitioned. Did he like get into a fight? Yeah, so he, he was like a out? he was like a he had an amazingly hard slap shot and he got into tons of fights. He was like an enforcer, but he he couldn't skate. So like every time he would get on the ice, he would like be really like uh, so this is a prequel to the Stifler movie Goon and maybe also in the same universe as uh, the Tooth Fairy starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh. Is he a hockey player in that? Yeah. He's called the Tooth he's Fairy because he knocks people's teeth out and then he becomes an actual Tooth Fairy. Like his his hockey nickname is the Tooth Fairy. So Happy Gilmore uh, is a hockey player who uh, can't skate and uh, he he keeps trying to – like in the beginning there's like – he keeps trying to make the teams and they're like, Happy, like you're not going to make it. Uh, meanwhile, his grandmother's house uh, gets foreclosed on and he has to put her into like an old age home. And he has to uh, win. He ha- he has ninety. Days. He's like you can't kick my grandmother out of her house. Like she grew up in this house, uh, and he has ninety days to come up with the money. And so somehow, I-, I think he's like he passes some some people like playing golf. And uh, I think he's at a driving range. Okay, and then he like hits really hard, and they're like you should play golf. And then he realizes he can enter this tournament, and the prize money will help him secure. Uh, because he can hit like 500 yes, yard drives. Really hard drives. Uh, and so, just like, you know, as a hockey player, he can take a really hard slap shot, but he can't skate. As a golfer, he can drive the ball like 500 yards and he can't putt. Um, so, anyway, he enters the circuit and he becomes something of like a cult sensation. And then obviously, there's Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin is like the main golf guy. He's like, I'm going to win this tournament. Uh, somehow, he like uh, is the one who's going to like buy Happy Gilmore's. Uh, grandmother's house. I'm not sure if it's like to psych him out of the tournament or whatever. But then there's a scene where like Happy Gilmore sees him at the house and he's like, I eat pieces of shit for you for like you for breakfast. He's like, that's, you eat pieces of shit for breakfast. And it's, that's the most memorable line for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I have that in my back pocket. I remember one line. <laughs> um, so he, he goes on the tour. Uh, um, uh, Carl Weathers, Chubbs, I think is his name. Carl Weathers. Um, Becomes his coach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's that's, that's Adam Sandler. Uh, he becomes his coach because basically, like, he, 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 like, shows up in, like, flannel shirts and, like, big, like, construction boots. And everyone's like, what is this, you know? He shows up like Adam Sandler for a red carpet. Yes. So he, he goes on the tour. He gets better. Um, uh, uh Chubbs' instructor uh, lost his hand to an alligator in a in a water hazard, and at some point, um, Happy as like a a gift. He, so Happy, he's very violent, right? He fights. He jumps into the water and beats up the alligator, and then like kills it and stuffs it, and then he 
gives it to Chubb as a present, but he gets so scared he falls out the window and dies. Uh, so I'm happy <laughs> he dies. <laughs> and then happy like doesn't oh, have his wow. coach anymore. And then like he's like started like melting down on like the big like PGA tour and like Chubb's like I think like his ghost or at least like a, a apparition or memory. Should have thrown him. in the towel. Um, Could have saved Apollo Creed. Yeah, exactly. Poor, poor Carl Weathers. He just he just gets, shows up in movies to die. Uh, so anyway, like I'll just skip through. Basically, he goes on the tour. It's like uh, Shooter McGavin at some point like uh, makes it out like he's cheating or something, and then he gets in trouble. Meanwhile, he he gets like all these groupies. Like I think like a woman like flashes him from the crowd. There's like a giant like seven foot tall construction worker who gets like a nail in the back of his head, which I think also Happy Gilmore is responsible for. And Shooter McGavin, uh, his ball lands on his foot and he's like, you have to play it as it lies. So he has to shoot it off the guy's foot. So the guy chases him. Anyway, oh, and then Julie Bowen at some point becomes Happy Gilmore's lover and just, I think she's like the the reporter for the tournament. Oh, so here's a question I was going to ask you. Is Adam Sandler – I know that Julie Bowen's the love interest. Is this a cucking situation? Is she with Shooter McGavin? Oh. I don't th- – Does he beat him at golf and also steal his – I don't think – so I think she's like the sideline reporter. <laughs> I just use the word cucking casually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I drop that into a I don't think she's – I think he likes her. I think she's either – she works for the tournament or she's like a sideline reporter or something along those lines. And she takes, But she is not with Shooter. No, but he's I, trying – Well, because he keeps like making um, uh, advances towards mm-hmm. her and she's not interested because he's, he's obviously – Shooter McGavin. Shooter McGavin. Why is Shooter McGavin in the tournament if it's like an amateur tournament? So I'm not sure it's an amateur tournament. I think basically Happy – qualifies in an amateur tournament to join the like the pga ah, um, okay and shooters like this is a disgrace you can't let him in and it's like a whole it's a whole thing um Got it. and then oh so then the, the big ending is like all the groupies are there trying to watch the, the tournament and they climb this big scaffolding and it falls down and like falls all over the course and happy has, has to is gonna putt for the win and the shooter's like you have to play it as it lies i had to hit it off that like frankenstein oh, and it's like a mini but, golf yeah and the way that carl weathers uh chubbs taught happy gilmore how to putt was that mini golf so happy like mini golf sit off all the things and it goes in and 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 then Shooter McGavin you steals the like the jacket and runs away, and that giant guy is like chasing him down the fairway. Um, yeah, you remember this movie very well. It's a great movie. You don't so you didn't. I should have let you go first then. I yeah, well, I remembered most of the dynamics of it. I did not remember all of the details. I did not remember that Carl Weathers died. Oh yeah. It's like a, it's kind of, it's like uh, overtones of Hook, right? With like the the stuffed alligator, and you know, like that. Yes, yeah. yeah. And he takes a hand. So yeah. the, does he have like a like a really bad plastic hand, yes. like Buster in Arrested Development? Yes. With like the thumb is like pointing in the wrong direction or something. Yeah, it's a very stiff. It's a very stiff hand. Uh, is there anything that I didn't say that you remember? Oh, there's one more uh, crucial part. Uh, not crucial part, but uh, his grandmother goes to the old age home, and Ben Stiller is He's like a crooked nurse. Ben, ben Stiller, Stiller is a really mean. So, so when Happy takes her on the tour, he's like, "We're going to take such good, you know, care of your grandmother." And then he's like, oh, "Okay, like at least she's in a good place." And then 
uh, he's acting like super nice. And then Happy leaves and he closes the door. She's like, young man, would you mind bringing me a nice warm glass of milk? And he's like, how about a nice warm glass of shut the hell up? Which is also a great line. I also remember watching the clean edit version of this movie where Shooter McGavin tells Happy that he eats pieces of poop like him for breakfast. <laughs> Equally funny. Yeah, which is if, maybe even more funny, yeah. to be honest. Uh, should we look at the poster and see if it brings anything back? Yes. I don't think it will. I, oh, uh, there is one other thing you brought back. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the, I'll just you sent the DVD case, but I oh, think that's probably the poster sorry. as well. It says Adam Sandler, Happy Gilmore. There's a picture of Adam Sandler through like from inside on a golf hole. And it says he doesn't play golf. He destroys it. Right. Good tagline. So it's like a double. The thing that I remember is the sequence where he's failing at putting and he like gets down and puts his face right up to the ball. And he says like, don't you want to go to your home? Yeah. That's like, a great yeah. one. We also miss uh, the most iconic scene where he fist fights Bob Barker. Oh yeah. <laughs> the price is wrong. Bob. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and Bob yeah. Barker like kicks his ass. Um, it's great. It's a very funny scene. Um, Okay. Okay. So should we look at the VHS box? <clears throat> yes. So yeah. That right. So from that from that perspective, remember that he did that. Yes. He goes down really close and he screams. Oh, then that's the back of the box. There you go. Yep. So the back of the box shows Adam Sandler yelling at a golf ball. It says the funniest golf comedy since Caddyshack. Three stars. Put that on the box. <laughs> uh there's a photo of Adam Sandler wearing a Bruins jersey. He's wearing a Bruins jersey in a lot of these. I guess it's set in Boston. Sorry, I'm being shushed. Is asleep, and I have a loud voice, so I'm going to try to talk like this, and we'll see how that goes. Okay, so I'm looking at the VHS box. <clears throat> Adam Sandler is yelling at the golf ball. He is telling the golf ball that he is the golf ball is talking too loud, and that their two year old is going to wake up. If he doesn't whisper. You also sound like a uh, golf commentator. So very appropriate. <laughs> Perfect. That's what I'm going to do the rest of this in character. Uh, he is balancing a putter on his nose like a trained seal. <laughs> he is seemingly getting a tip from a man with a bad haircut. It's Kevin Nealon. Is it? I, I can't really tell. He's getting punched in the chest by Bob Harker <laughs> in an extremely 90s polo shirt. And then you see his groupies, and including his mom, his grand, holding a yeah. giant picture of his, or his grandma. Okay, the back of the box says, for make way for the pro golf. <laughs> it's hard to whisper. <laughs> uh, make way for the pro golf circuits. Worst nightmare. Happy Gilmore. Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler stars in a hilarious comedy that scores a hole in one for a gut busting wit and outrageous slapstick. Although happy, dreams of becoming a professional hockey player, he discovers that his hockey slap shot translates to an astonishing 400 yard tee shot. So when his grandmother loses his home to the IRS, happy decides to earn the house back by joining the pro golf tour, bringing his ferocious temper and outlandish antics to the well tended fairways. Before long, happy is a media sensation, attracting crowds and news camera wherever he goes. But Happy's bitter rival, Christopher McDonald, has his own plans for the golf superstar, resulting in a riotous, laugh-filled confrontation on the links with a terrific cast, including Carl Weathers, Julie Bowen, Bob Barker, Richard Keel, and Kevin Nealon. Nonstop laughs are par for the course. 
Good pun. A lot of puns in there. Yeah, I feel like golf is sort of a perfect pun sport. Yeah. So this is the funniest golf comedy since Since Caddyshack. The question is... Is is there a funnier golf comedy since this movie? Is there a golf comedy since this movie? That's really my question. I guess it would be Caddyshack 2. Tin Cup? Tin Cup. That must have been after this. Maybe not. Same year. Man, Tin Cup was like the... It's like uh, Deep Impact and Armageddon. Yeah, I guess we have to watch both movies. See how they compare. Should we watch the trailer? Yeah. Uh, I feel like we remembered everything we're going to remember about this movie. And then we're going to watch the trailer and be like, oh, I remember that line. I remember that line. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a ton left to remember. Uh, agreed. It's not like a high concept sci-fi fantasy, whatever. Okay, let's watch the trailer. All right, here we go. Discovered a new talent. That was like 400 yards away. That's unbelievable. Now he's going from the weeks. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. To the link. presents Adam Sandler. The price is wrong, Bob. As golf's missing link. Happy Gilmore. It's a lot of punches. I like Bob Barker punching him a million times. Does the trailer say, is the headline of the trailer for you Happy Gilmore, official trailer number one. Christopher McDonald movie, 1996. <laughs> Do you think like Christopher McDonald posted it himself? <laughs> like, that's just not how I would describe it. Uh, I mean, just okay. a lot of, nothing else came back. Uh, but yeah, I think. Well, we were wrong. Him. We were wrong about how he got found. It looked like he was yeah. golfing as they were moving out his grandmother. Yeah, uh, maybe. He hits a lot of people in the head with golf balls, which is another thing I like vaguely remember now. Uh, uh, I guess he, right. I guess it seems from the hockey uh, clips that he also didn't have very good aim with the hockey puck. I also remember that he does like a Fred Flintstone bowling style run up to the ball to hit it. Oh, yeah. Like, he runs. He doesn't stand over the ball. He does the like mm-hmm. tiptoe, 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 like. Yeah. I think that's like uh, still. I think of actually of all like the lasting cultural legacies of this movie. Like you'll see like, you know, like I don't know, like TikToks or Instagram videos or whatever of, of people like like baseball players like running up like him and smashing it. Um, I feel like that's like the thing that really has sustained. Um, yeah. Otherwise, nothing else uh, stood out. Or, or so. Here's the question I ask it every week: Who are you going to watch this movie with? This one I'm definitely going to watch with my wife. Uh, I don't think my wife. Kids? Mm, I don't know. A little. Is Adam Sandler's too edgy for them? A little raunchy. Um, maybe, maybe my oldest daughter. We just watched. Um, this is completely off topic. I'll probably cut this out. We just watched uh, the Enola Holmes movies on uh, Netflix with her. Um, nice. 
and she liked those a lot. And that was like, fun. I think they're rated like PG thirteen, right? Like they're, they're like yeah. a bit of a, yeah. Uh, they're very. I fun. remember Enola Holmes signing someone's breasts. Yeah, and then an older lady asks Enola. her to sign yeah. the breasts as well, and she does it because she's a woman of the people. Yeah, well, I remember that in that movie. I mean, that's a thing that I I I feel like has changed, right? The like uh, like broy inappropriateness of humor was like. I would say like peaked in like the 2010s and hasn't really, or not peaked, but like I think it peaked, I think it peaked earlier. It peaked than earlier, that. but they continued, right? Like the early like Judd Apatow films, like had had some of that. Even, even those Judd Apatow movies didn't have a lot of. Well, I guess the early ones did have nudity in them. Yeah, and also just like I really was the internet that sort of undid that. Right. It's just like if you were if you were in high school when we were in high school, you were like, oh, if I want to see pornography and I live in Manhattan. Uh, I need to either go to a pornographic VHS store and convince the guy to let me buy one uh, or uh, which may or may not have happened (laughs) or I need to like sneak into an R rated movie, uh, which definitely happened. Yeah. Did Uh, you like, there were just, you didn't have that many options. And now it's like, I don't know if I'm a teenager who wants to see boobs, like just Google the word boobs. (laughs) Did your uh, local video store, have like a, a back room for all the porn. No, so so in Min, in New York City, um, our savvy listeners, our New Yorkers will know this. Um, pornographic video stores, for whatever reason, they all have to maintain a certain amount of non-pornographic movies. Okay. And so they're like regular video stores, and then like a percentage of the store has to be regular movies that anybody can buy. So you go in there, and what you do is you just kind of loiter for like 20 minutes until there's no one else in the store and the store owner's like hey buddy do you want to go in the back because <laughs> like he knows that that's why you're not picking one of the 10 movies he has for sale <laughs> right and then you like you're like yeah and he's like okay you have five minutes <laughs> that's very funny uh yeah, well, someone else might walk in and see you looking if you're to buy Pimped by an Angel 1 or Pimped by an Angel 2. <laughs> <laughs> Great titles. Um, yeah, in in uh, my West Coast video, there was like always a, a there was like a, a back section. Um, so you would like go in and there was like respectable video establishment. And then there was like, the, I think I had like, like tassels <laughs> and like to get through the door. Um, I never... Uh, had the the uh guts to go in there but eh, some of my friends did and uh they came back with stories um it's a very sensory experience i feel like walking through the like beaded door to get into the part and it always smells different (laughs) there's something very strange about it Uh, uh anyway um okay so you're gonna watch with your wife uh i think i'll probably watch this movie with with my wife, Megan, who I can refer to by name now that she's been on the podcast. Do you think, what do you think you're going to give this movie? Well, what did you give it at the time? Right. So this is. I, I gave it a 10 at the yes, time. I loved this. Movie. 100%. What do you think you're going to give it? I'm a little torn about this after watching the trailer. Cause like, not that I'm like, like more mature than the movie, but like, I, I just wonder like if it, if it actually holds up. Uh, so I'm so mature. Um, wireframe glasses here <laughs> with dots of uniform. <laughs> uh, um, I don't I mean, like, in some ways, I actually feel like even like something like, 
like Billy Madison might hold up better than Happy Gilmore. Like I feel like Happy Gilmore, the fact that it came out a year after Billy Madison, and I think basically followed like the exact same t- like template. It's a very like very similar movie, um, and I just feel like they tried to like get it out quickly. And I think like it has a lot of those same things, so it's really like fun or was really fun. But I wonder now if it will feel like a lesser. But it's interesting because also if you think about like the 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 canon of Adam Sandler, there's like a perception that like the first two movies are like his best movies and then everything else is like hence happy madison production right uh is this his most age appropriate romance in a movie oh adam sandler is four years older than julie bowen i I, you know what let's save the answer to that question for the second half well what about 50 first dates with uh drew barrymore Drew Barrymore. I feel she's older than him. She's nine years younger than him. Wow. I would not have guessed that. Um, I, I'm going to, I'll check the love interest in his movies. I will report back in the second half. Well, while we're talking, before we get, while we're talking about like Adam Sandler and his like catalog or where did you get off like the train of like. I loved Big Daddy even. Yeah. Like I was. I was Adam Sandler for a long time. Uh, Little Nicky is the one that I remember, the first one I remember seeing in theaters and being like, I didn't like that. Agreed. I remember seeing it in theaters too. Uh, and it was so weird. Um, like it just didn't hit in the same way. Um, Though that's the one that I feel like if I revisited, I would actually like more for some reason. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to pull up his, his filmography to like go through all those early so movies. Many. Okay, so obviously Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Uh, I remember the, okay. the Wedding Singer is great. The Water Boy is great. Big Daddy. Uh, Little Nicky. Oh, Mr. Deeds is another one I thought was really bad. Yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, I didn't see The Hot Chick or Anger Management or Fifty First Dates. I'm excluding the like PTA movies. Right, right, right. Good uh, I didn't see Fifty First Dates or Spanglish or The Longest Yard. Or click. You never saw the longest yard or click. Interesting. You're you're like you're a big click fan. No, but I saw it. I was definitely like an Adam Sandler completionist. Okay, so Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Then he did. I haven't seen Zohan. That one's good. Zohan's funny. Um, oh, he's he's in Dirty Work. Oh, God, Dirty Work was great. I've movie. seen the Hotel Transylvania movies. Those are solid. I feel like I didn't love the Wedding Singer. That so Wedding Singer is his first like comedy since after happy gilmore i feel like i didn't that movie's really good i have to i should actually rewatch that the water boy was like the another one that like we like quoted endlessly big daddy they like through the water boy was when i was starting to be like you i think too though where i was like i laughed a lot at the water boy but then i was like being really pretentious about it yeah how you are on this podcast yeah and i was just like that movie is so dumb yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, but as much as I want to not be like you on this podcast, I feel like I'm going to give this movie an upside down nine because I have to give every movie a nine. So I'll say a six. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't think I'm going to love it. Yeah. I just, I feel like, I feel like to some degree the Adam Sandler thing is worn thin and that on revisit, I won't like it as much. Right. I don't know. Have you, I want to uh, love every movie. 
Jesse David Fox of uh, Vulture, the comedy critic there, uh, like unironically like loves Adam Sandler and wrote like this enormous uh, feature ranking all of Adam Sandler's movies and like why they're ranked and like they're not like I think most people just put them in reverse order basically like uh, Billy Madison at the top and basically work down from there but like he has like all sorts of uh, so like he really thinks about it in like a really interesting way um, I because again like that's the thing is like if you think about it as like where what it means for his career and stuff I think it's different than like a pure enjoyment I think I will enjoy it a lot because of the nostalgia. Like, even if I like roll my eyes at some of the stuff that I probably thought was like super funny, like I, it'll also like trigger me thinking it was super funny. So uh, I'm going to go with an eight. Okay. We'll see. Come back in a week. All right. Uh, Any... I think, yeah, that was a, it's a downer of an ending. Well, you, it's, I am actually <laughs> excited about this because I feel like you're always the optimistic one and I'm always the downer at the end. I will say I am excited to rewatch the movie Yeah, because as much as I think I'm not going to like it, I, there's a chance that I'm going to love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I loved it back in the day and. Well, I think you have two chances to love it. Funny. I think you have two chances to love it. Number one, on a genuine comedic level, and number two, that even if you uh, don't think it's as good as you remember it being, you'll love like watching it again and like feeling like you did when you were that age. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I should not have listened to the goat. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we will watch it and come back and discuss. Awesome. All right. Talk to you soon. So my daughter's bus uh, this week, for some reason, is is coming at 6.30 in the morning instead of 7.20. Um, so I've been getting up pretty early. And uh, last night I was supposed to, to watch Happy Gilmore. And I went out for drinks. And I wasn't, like, drunk, but I had a couple beers. And you were the, happy. I was happy. And the combination of waking up super early and then starting a movie at 10.30 at night after a couple beers... I started watching it with my wife. I fell asleep like 25 minutes into the movie and she kept waking me up. She's like, you have a podcast to record tomorrow morning. And I just couldn't do it. So I uh, finished it this morning at 6.30 again after I uh, put her on the bus. Um, So my intention was to watch it last night. Did not totally work out, but I did uh, watch it in time. Nice. Yeah, I also watched it last night. I did not have nearly as interesting a story. Um, and yeah. I didn't fall asleep. Okay. Well, that's so a good that's sign. Is that a spoiler. A, yeah, is that a spoiler? All right. Get a zero. Should we... Uh, I mean, I don't think there's a huge reason to get into plot. Cause I think no, we, you remembered almost every detail of the plot. I don't think you specifically called out that Ben Stiller's character was making the, the old people work to make quilts. Yes. Like a sweatshop situation, which was really funny. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember if I said that part about, um, specifically, uh, Adam Sandler being, or happy, eh, I don't remember if I said the part about happy Gilmore, the prank where he gets caught by all the sprinklers. Yeah. 
I don't think I said it in the first half, but I did actually remember it, or at least I remembered it while I was watching the movie. Yeah. Uh, And I liked that in that sequence, he was wearing the exact same outfit that he wears in Punch Drug Love. Oh, yeah. That's a good Uh, call. I don't know if that's intentional, but I could see it being intentional because PTA just loves Adam Sandler. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. When you were watching it, um, was stuff coming back to you, like, as you were watching besides that, like, as far as beats of the movie? No, not so much. I mean, you really did remember it super well. I honestly wish you hadn't remembered that that Chubbs Die. uh, dies because that would have been so funny. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was coming. And you remembered exactly how it happened. Yeah. I really, uh, it's funny because I was re-listening to the first half and like, I was saying stuff that like, I don't even know that I... uh explicitly remembered until i started talking about it and then i was watching the movie and i was like oh i remember like every, there's a couple of, i wrote down a couple of things that i didn't remember or got wrong um yeah. so i i think i said that like shooter was like made a lot of advances towards uh julie bone i don't think he really did uh no he more treats her he treats her like a waiter yeah all right with the diet <laughs> a pepsi yeah diet yeah that was yeah. funny um and the other thing I didn't remember was uh, the guy who Shooter hires to throw Adam Sandler off, like the jackass guy. Like that's, I did not remember that he like ran him down with a car. Though. <laughs> that was right. A- you remembered though that there was something that, yeah. that the tower fell. Yeah. I just didn't remember that it was because of that yeah. or that yeah. like a, a car drove onto the like PGA tour golf course, ran <laughs> him over. And then like, well, Specifically, not the PGA Tour. So, in my in my little bit of research, I did the original version of this script. They were actually at Augusta, like at the Masters. He was going to get the green jacket. Interesting. And they had like a golf consultant who was like, "Don't do this. <laughs> like, make it a fake tournament. Why? Make it be like too much backlash or whatever." Uh, they were desecrating the USGA. He suggested that he win a fictional tournament. It doesn't really say why. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, yeah, it's a little weak. It's a I little like, like, like something Shooter McGavin would say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, having Yoma would then flip his baseball bat or his hockey stick. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. Why do uh, you think they didn't, like, no one said anything like Shooter McGavin didn't, like, get them to, like, try to ban Adam Sandler's hockey stick putter? That seems like cheating, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's non regulation and you can't use a putter that is also yeah. a hockey stick. Um, I, I also wrote in my notes here that you picked Carl Weathers to connect these movies, but you also could have picked the concept of not throwing in the towel. Because <laughs> remember when he gets hit by the car, they're like, you should throw in the yeah. towel. And he's, he's like, like I'm not throwing in the towel. I have to do this. That is funny. Uh, some other things that that jumped out to me. God, this is going to be just kind of a wrap up because I feel like oh, wait, before we get to like yeah. the wrap up notes, right? Like since there's not a lot of plot, what did you think of the movie? I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it really holds up. I was really pleasantly surprised. What about you? I also was very pleasantly surprised, as I told you, because I listened to the Adam Sandler comedy album before watching the movie, and it did not hold up for me. <laughs> uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I'm still not giving the movie an amazing score. I think I, I gave it a I'm mean, between a seven and an eight. Okay. Score wise, but I was I was thinking I would give it a six. So right. to me, that's actually like a pretty big improvement. Yeah, uh, I definitely laughed a lot, and sometimes I think it's interesting to like diagnose whether I was laughing, like you said, like in the first half, if I'm laughing at the jokes of the movie, or if 
the jokes of the movie are bringing me back to a time when I thought that that was funny. Yeah. So like, when he's like riding or like when he's doing the bulls, yes. I'm laughing the whole time. <laughs> but am I laughing because when I was a kid, that was so funny to do? Or is it, it's hard to separate those it's two things. It's a funny montage that he talks about all his jobs. And every <laughs> time he's just humping things. Like It's not the most mature, but it is funny. Yeah. So there's a part of me that's just like, this. It, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was nostalgia or the thing, but it doesn't matter. The thing worked for me. Um, in terms of the new test that we introduced, do I expect that I will show Happy Gilmore to my daughter when she's older? I could definitely see it. I could I could see being like, let's do some Adam Sandler's. Like I could see introducing my daughter to Adam Sandler comedy and Happy Gilmore would definitely be on that list. Yeah. Like I think it meets that bar. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like it feels like it was it does feel like it was of a time. My wife actually said that she's like, they don't make comedies quite like this anymore. She's like something that's like more silly and slapstick and less cynical and snarky about this movie i don't know she just felt like tonally it was it was like of the 90s and like comedies now have like a different kind of edge to them um which more edgy or less edgy more cynical more cynical well it's interesting because for a movie that's you're you're right not terribly cynical and obviously a character that's not terribly cynical it still really does objectify julie bowen yes um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and but but then it uses that objectification to great comedic effect when he has the like scary vision. Yeah. Oh, if for anyone who didn't watch the movie, Happy Gilmore goes to his happy place and his happy place is like Julie Bowen in lingerie, like running through sprinklers. Holding two uh, pitchers of beer. Right, holding two pitchers of beer. And then he goes, he tries to go back to it a second time, but he's really upset. And she's wearing like black lingerie this time instead of white lingerie. And Shooter Gavin shows up and starts making out with her. And then Shooter McGavin starts making out with his grandma wearing a Gene Simmons mask. <laughs> and he like swallows the tongue. Like that whole bit is really funny. And it, I mean, it's also this sort of thing you might not see in a modern yeah. comedy that's aimed at teenagers. Agreed. Uh, uh, yeah, agreed. I, I feel like there's an almost identical scene. Remember I, I said like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore is like the exact template of Billy Madison. Like I'm almost positive. Like, in Billy Madison, he like falls in the in a pool and like has his like vision of the blonde love interest in that movie like coming out of the pool, probably also like holding two pitchers of beer, like very similar. Well, um, so speaking of similar, the girl in Billy Madison, do you remember her name? The actress or the character? No, the character. I yeah, he says it in like a weird way. Her name is her name is Veronica Vaughn. Yeah. In this movie, Julie Bowen's character's name is Virginia Venet. Um, you're immediately noticing the connection, I'm sure. In The Wedding Singer, It's Not This Way. In The Waterboy, oh, the character's name Vicky, is... Is Victoria Valancourt or something? Yeah, Vicky Valancourt. Uh, it continues. There's a bunch of them. And then most recently in Pixels, um, in 2015, the character's name is... God, there's so many Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> In Pixels, the character's name is Violet Van something, Violet Van Patten or whatever. So there's just something about VV that he thinks is funny. <laughs> like maybe it's it's like obviously in Billy Madison, he really reads into the like that Victoria Vaughn or yeah. that Veronica Vaughn. Like he obviously leans into it there, but like it just kind of like becomes a vestige of these movies that there's always a V character. 
And I, th- I mean, I think that's the thing about Adam Sandler. And that's what I think is like what he's accomplished and why he like doesn't care. Like, I think he, from the beginning or early on realized like, I just, I just want to make movies with my friends that I think are fun and funny. And he carries so much of that stuff through his caddy is like his buddy. Who's like in so many of his movies. Well, actually, Ichai, I don't know if you don't remember the movie. His caddy is in grandma's a homeless person who was going to wipe his windshield. <laughs> um, yeah, but to your point, like this movie was written by Tim Hurley and Adam Sandler. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing Hurley correctly. Uh, they were college roommates. Uh, so like, it's another one of just him working with his friend um, when he hired Dennis Dugan. So Adam Sandler hired Dennis Dugan for this movie, basically. Uh, and what happened was Dennis Dugan originally wanted, was making some other movie and he wanted to cast Adam Sandler in it. But then the studio was like, no, you need to get a bigger star. So he went in a different direction. And the Dugan reached out to Sandler about possibly directing Happy Gilmore. And Sandler was like, you wanted me in your other movie. I'm of course giving this to you. Like, it was just like to your point, like I want to work with people who I like. Yeah, um, yeah. He's um, and like I think that to him is like first of all, his movies make like a a lot of money. Um, but like that to him, and I believe it when he says like he doesn't, you know, he's not looking for like critical acclaim. Like he just wants to like make movies that like crack him and his friends up. Uh, and he's done it. So uh, more power to him. Uh, did you notice who the uh, IRS? guy was uh the actor because he looked pretty different no who wasn't it robert smigel um huh. yeah he doesn't have the mustache um but he i was like I, I had to google it in the middle of the movie um but yeah he's he also i mean he he wrote zohan with, with him that's really funny judd apatow did an uncredited rewrite on the script yeah interesting uh yeah there's like the whole crew is sort of in here um, I'm trying to think if I found out anything. There's honestly, like, I didn't find out a ton interesting about the making of the film, except that Christopher McDonald twice turned down the role of playing Shooter McGavin. Really? It's the thing he's most known yeah, for. Like, if you go to his Wikipedia page, it's like, it's like he is most known for Shooter McGavin, right? That's why that trailer says 1996 trailer for Christopher yeah. McDonald. Yeah. He did some interview and he was asked if playing Shooter McGavin was a blessing or a curse. And he said it was like a blessing all the way. Um, apparently, he after turning the role down twice, he wanted to do it because he played a golf tournament and won. And he was like, golf's awesome. I want to do this movie. That's funny. <laughs> like, uh, but then Dugan apparently let him improvise a lot. So like one of the things he improvised is like his character's name was Shooter. And he's like, why am I called Shooter? And so he he came up with the like double guns thing. On That's the, great. Like when he made a putt, uh, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's so good. Um, what a great character. And like the way that like, he like, does like says things that like backfire on him. Uh, he does it great. He's really good. Um, it's an incredible, incredible character. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I was really Uh, surprised how, uh, how quickly the movie like moves through like, I mean, it just, it happens. The whole movie is 90 minutes and like, it just moves the entire time. There's very little fat on it. And it's just a lot of good one-liners. 
Yeah, and even the montages are funny. Like even when it goes to that montage thing, it gets jokes in there. It's not just like we're gonna move through this part to get to the next part. It's like we're gonna make you laugh. So we sat at a couple of them in the first half, right? Like the I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Um mm-hmm. and like how about a nice warm glass or shut the hell up? A couple of the other ones that I saw and remembered like quoting like endlessly at like 10 years old were um when he breaks the bottle and he's about to like he's like challenging shooting her again to a fight and she's like happy you can't fight he's like i'm not fighting i'm just looking for the other half of this bottle there's some there there's another piece over there i i like the joke right after that where shooter is making fun of him and he's like what do you say i may i just may and then he's like oh should i have some hay <laughs> and he just keeps rhyming things that was great yeah yeah there was i mean i wrote down a couple other lines that like i remembered uh when she shoots the puck, he's like, talk about your all-time backfires. That was a line I remembered. I love that on the date, the Zamboni guy lets them onto the ice. And then it's like, it zooms out and the Zamboni guy's watching their whole date and singing along to the music. Yeah. Uh, that was great. When he did the subway commercial. Yes. That's a good subway commercial. Like it made me want to get a subway sandwich. Yeah, it was a great, and it was a great transition when he's like describing it, and then it it. Uh... Yeah, but when he hits, when he like drives the subway sandwich into that guy's mouth, it's really funny. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it, it's really funny. I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. I'm really happy I enjoyed it because I was a little nervous about about how it would. Same. The other, oh, when when uh, the clown spits out the ball and he screams, you're going to die, clown, and then starts beating it up. Like I think that this movie uses his anger really, really well and is aware that the anger is like the thing you want to see. Because even though Happy is angry a lot, they often obscure it. So like the first time he's angry at the golf course and he's just running around and screaming curse words. Yeah. You see it on the video screen in the like tour director's thing. And it's like kind of in the background and the movie's like, we know you want to see Adam Sandler pop off. We're kind of withholding it. And later he's going to yell at the ball. Right. And that's like the payoff of you want to see Adam Sandler angry. And so I think, I think this movie uses like deploys that superpower of like, what you want to see when you see Adam Sandler, it uses it really, really well. Yeah, I totally agree. In the first half of the episode, I mentioned that crazy list that uh, Jesse David Fox at Vulture uh, ranked all of Adam Sandler's movies. So uh, he has Happy Gilmore at number nine. Um, and he's... Hey, what are the eight above it? Oh, wait, tell me. What I'll you after. But he basically, I'll try to read this quickly, but he says the early stages of a comedian's career is about finding your clown, the core of what is funny about you, and then acclimating audiences to it. It's more than finding a persona because for comedic actors, what is funny about them is constant, even if they're playing different characters. Through SNL, which is like clown finding boot camp and his albums, Sandler had a good sense of who he was by the time he made Billy Madison. But it wasn't until Happy Gilmore that he showed a wide audience the full force of the comedic trait that would go on to define him, his anger. In basically every movie that follows, Sandler would expand upon his comedic rage, but in Gilmore, it's front and center. And while Sandler is clearly not totally comfortable on camera yet, he's at least a, pre- a present and compelling. He is at least present and com- a present and compelling to watch. Whatever. Um, there is, however, more to it. The key to Sandler's comedic anger, and arguably the key to act to the acting career that came out of it, is sensitivity. Every fancy director who's worked with Sandler will point to this as why they, they decided to work with him. It's not a sensitivity in conflict with his rage, but at the core of it. 
And then he like yep. shows the uh, intercom scene where he keeps like yelling at her and saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, he's like very clearly like a wounded child. Like yeah. he plays it like, or not even necessarily a wounded child, but a child whose dad died at a slap shot. <laughs> 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 Which is funny. Um, yeah. So anyway, he, he like, so he says basically like, that's like what the, like, the lasting legacy of this movie is. Um, Happy grows up relatively little for a Sandler character with him not learning to not be angry anymore, but rather to control it for long enough to play golf. It's a lesson Sandler, Sandler similar has to, had to learn in his acting, getting angry more sparingly or even not exploding at all, just playing it so the audience knows it's underneath. Sandler became a better actor right after Happy Gilmore. He just needed a movie where he can get it all out. So like that's that's kind of how – so like you were talking about how the anger is like the thing about this movie and he very much uh, – agrees with that assessment so i'm I'm, I'm a smart person i could write for vulture yeah um anyway oh by the way um that's another announcement i'm quitting this podcast to write for vulture congratulations they they just texted me it says quit your podcast and come write for vulture anyway uh what are the movies what are the movies above this on his list i'm curious okay the movies above it so again i have to just um frame this like I think he he writes that like this is not a list of the best Adam Sandler movies. Uh, he says it. I'll read it at the end. But like meaning it's not like he has a lot of reasoning behind it. So number eight, he has funny people. Mm-hmm. Number seven, he has the week of, which is like one of his Netflix uh, movies where his daughter is marrying Chris Rock's son. Uh, number six, that sounds tasteful and sensitive. <laughs> Number six is The Waterboy. Number five is Big Daddy. Number four is Billy Madison. Uh, Number five is Big Daddy. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, you got to read the list. Uh, number three is Punch Drunk Love. Number two is The Wedding Singer. And a movie that you offhandedly <laughs> joked about when you were going through all of Adam Sandler's movies and were like, and I'm like, you've never seen Click? And you're like, you like click is not number one click is number one now that's what is this list okay this is like the, the backwards list of good movies should i should i read this for you since i have, ima- have to imagine you're probably reading this first let me use this as an opportunity to explain what i was trying to do and maybe make a case for click in the process as i noted in the intro this piece is predicated on a fundamental distinction this is a list of best adam sandler movies not adam sandler's best movies these things are not one and the same. The latter would suggest a universal idea of what is good and bad. I don't tend to believe in such a thing and don't think it's useful criteria for looking at Adam Sandler's work, which usually fare poorly critically. The former is about treating Adam Sandler movie, in quotes, as a sort of genre onto itself. Well, I get that. If you watch every Adam Sandler movie in order, you start developing a schema of what defines these set of what def- what defines these set of films. And because for almost all of Sandler's career, he's had an incredible amount of control over his output, when considering set output, it makes the most sense to me to consider it in relation to its own value system. Adam Sandler movies tell you how you're supposed to watch them if you so choose. And based on the criteria they've established over time, there's a film that feels like the total of everything Sandler has tried to do. That movie is click. You're getting it all. You're getting a high concept escapist premise with a neat hero's journey arc. You're getting emotional maturity and some broad ass comedy, including the longest fart of his career, a real distinction. You're getting Adam Sandler as a centerpiece of comedic scenes, both showing his quick temper side and his goofy voice side. 
this and then whatever there's an example it's, it's, okay so okay so i see i the distinction here is that it's not i wouldn't even use his words it's not the best adam sandler movie it's the most adam sandler yes movie. yeah uh yeah. which is fine i guess sure congratulations you invented a new scale i give your scale a four <laughs> we have to watch clips i give it an eight obviously <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna uh, go to bat for uh, like I just want to point out this is also another movie where the character that uses a cell phone is an asshole. Uh, and the cell phone is indicative of their assholeness. Yeah. I uh, mean, at the time, the 90s thing. rich, snooty assholes. But it's funny also because at the time, the, a cell phone's only purpose was making phone calls. Um, so, like, you had to be a kind of an asshole to only, like, to care, like, to think you needed a mobile phone with you, so you can like talk to people mm-hmm. at all times. You're so, you're so important. It is. My parents are like, "Oh, you're not a brain surgeon. You don't need a phone. No one needs people to, to reach you in an emergency." <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't obviously have a. I remember calling my parents from payphones. Uh, Same. I had a. I had a beeper. You had a beeper. Yep. So your, your, your two-year-old daughter is a, has eight phones and she, she's a drug dealer. And in high school, you ought to be for her. So she's correct. I was a drug recipient. Carrying on the family <laughs> legacy. Um, yeah. I used to like go to movies. Like someone would drop us off and then the movie would end. And we would walk out and find the nearest payphone and then call yeah. my parents to pick me up from the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Now it's funny because I would never touch a, I would never pick up a payphone because I'm a huge Jeremy. Use like a tissue. Yeah, I would just carry like from your face. I would just purell the whole thing. Um, yeah, uh, Carl Weathers awesome in this movie. So funny. Yeah, when he's like just tap it, it just tap, and then like when he's doing the the like romantic thing where he's holding. Yeah, he's like, and like, like, him off. it's like I'm just breaking the tension. Like, <laughs> yeah, he every, really he's funny. so funny. He, Apparently. They were inspired to give the character a missing hand because of his character in Predator losing his arm. Like they were just like, "Oh, that's funny. He doesn't have an arm in Predator. Let's take away his hand." Interesting. I didn't even know he was in Predator. Um, he spoiler alert for Predator. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> he. I liked. I forgot how uh, when Happy knocked the hand off, and he was like, "Don't worry, it's wood. It's real durable." <laughs> the truck ran it over. <laughs> And then for the rest of the movie, every time he like shook his hand, it yeah, fell off. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was great. It was really funny. I'm super glad we did it because it's not a movie I think I would have revisited outside of the context of this. Interesting, uh, but yeah. I really enjoyed it. I think that's fair. I, it's like, I mean, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I don't think I've like thought about it a ton even. Yeah, I don't. I can't imagine that I saw it. Any time past high school. So would you now show it to your daughter? Yeah. I'm not sure she would like it. That's my my conclusion now. Uh, for where she's at in terms of like her interests, I don't think that like this kind of like, I think it is obviously a bit. Well, this it's a, a bit more of a boys movie. Yeah. What did Megan think? Uh, she didn't watch. Didn't watch. No. Not for any particular reason. Uh other than it's impossible to get our daughter to sleep. Yeah. Which hopefully isn't too apparent in the first half of the episode. <laughs> so anyway, I just don't think she would be super into it. Not And like I would show it to her. I don't think there's anything terribly 
bad about it, but I just think she wouldn't find it that funny. She's wrong. She'd be wrong about that. I just know that's how she's going to feel. Hey, it's, it's an acceptable opinion. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I love the golf ball cam. Yeah. It just looked great. It did. And just like every time he hits the ball really hard, I like either when it when it was going forward, I liked the golf ball game. When it was looking backwards, I liked it. How does that work? Uh, I think they just move a camera and then they speed up the footage. I'm guessing. Like a drone. Well, like, but it's, it's not a drone. It might be a helicopter shot. Right. Something. Yeah, no, it looked great. Yeah. I was literally, when I saw it, I, I don't think I said it out loud, but I was like, this is like really impressive. Like 1996. I was like, I was wowed by the, uh, I know we've had movies that were really uh, praised for their special effects, but for some reason, this is the one that like really wowed me. It is the thing though, like when you watch a movie from the old times, you're like, how did they do that without computers? Yeah. Because now it's just like, well, everything's done with a computer. Yeah. You never have to think about anything. You're just like, oh, we'll just do it with a computer, which is a, a lot of the charm of older movies is like, no, they actually have to figure out how to do it. And it's kind of the magic trick of it all. Yeah. Uh, and even a movie like this has that, that moment where you're just like, how did they do that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a stupid question because it's really easy and you're dumb. But like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so true. Oh, I forgot a, a, a couple of. Let me just run through my notes really quick. Uh, I for I remembered that the that the guy had a nail in his head. I forgot that Happy. Or actually, I did suggest. No, you said that, that it, it might have been done by Happy. Yeah, but I I forgot the context of of how, and um, that was funny. Um, and that's a guy. That guy's a great character. Um, Jaws. That's Jaws from James Bond, which I've forgotten in the first half. And then I was watching the movie, and I'm like, "Where do I know him from?" And I'm like, "Oh yes, I know him from never picking him in Goldeneye." Um, yeah, yeah, uh, that's in Goldeneye. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, well, Jaws is not in Goldeneye the movie, but he is in Goldeneye the game. That actor, like, modeled. no, the, the actor plays Jaws in the James Bond movie that Jaws is in, which I think is actually two James Bond movies, but I don't remember which ones. And then in the video game Goldeneye, you could choose to play Jaws in the multiplayer. Okay. But because he was so much bigger than everyone, he was a terrible character because he's just so easy to shoot. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I I played a lot of Goldeneye. I don't remember that that bit of it. That's funny. Yeah, you probably picked Odd Job. <laughs> he, he was the one who was so short. It was so yeah. hard to shoot. <laughs> I didn't. I don't remember Goldeneye uh, being. Like you could pick uh, historical characters. I thought it was just whatever. I digress. Yeah, um, there were a few. Uh, but you're saying Goldeneye is a digression from our Happy Happy Gilmore conversation on this podcast. You know what other movie? Uh, speaking of Happy Madison, uh, which could be a fun one to do. I I really uh, at the time like really I loved happy. Grandma's Boy. Uh, did you, are you? I remember. I remember that you loved Grandma's Boy. Yeah. Uh, I would. That, that was, was like college, good. wasn't it? It was. I think. It, yeah. I think it came out in like two thousand six. Um, oh, speaking of, did I? Did I skip Grandma's Boy? I looked through. When did it come out? Two thousand six. Is he in it? No. It's a Happy okay. Madison production, but he's Got not it. in it. So the star of it is Caddy. Because I did actually go through Adam Sandler's movies, uh, every single one of them in which he has a girlfriend or a wife, and I looked at the age of the girlfriend and wife. Oh, yeah. And compared them to Adam Sandler's age. So I did actually do that. It is not very interesting. 
Um, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> give me a quick summary. The quick summary is in the beginning of his career, he's kind of closer in age, but still kind of different. So like, uh, okay. So Billy Madison, he's seven years older than Julie Bowen. Sorry. He's seven years older than Bridget Wilson Sampras, who I'm assuming is a Pete Sampras wife. That that would be a good, uh, uh which would then make it two movies where Adam Sandler dates a tennis star's wife. Cause he also dates Andy Roddick's wife in oh, just yeah. go with it. I thought um, I was about to correct that's, you that's, because I thought you were saying, so there's like two golf connections and I was going to call you an idiot for thinking Pete nope. was a golfer. Nope. Damn it. Uh, yeah. So then he's, he's four years older than Julie Bowen. He's nine years older than Drew Barrymore. She recurs a few times. He's eight years older than Faruza Balk. So that's like the first four movies. Julie Bowen is the closest of those four. Then he actually goes into a nice, pretty lengthy period of either dating Drew Barrymore or dating people pretty close to his age. Yeah. Um, through Spanglish, where he dates T. Leone, who's exactly, or he's married to T. Leone, who's exactly his age. And then in Click, his wife is Kate Beckinsale, who is seven years younger than him. And then in You Don't Mess with the Zoan, he dates Emmanuel Shariki, who's nine years younger than him. And then in I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, which I have not seen, I believe he dates Jessica Beal, who is 16 years younger than him. I thought he dated uh, Kevin James in that movie. Well, fair point. Um, I think that they're pretending for insurance purposes. Yeah. That but movie, if it, but uh, Kevin James is actually a year older than him, so there you go. Uh, age appropriate. Um, and then in the game, in the movie Rain Over Me, um, where he is like a person whose wife and child died in 9 11, I don't think he dates anyone, but he plays a lot of the video game Shadow of the Colossus. And that game came out 38 years after he was born. So that's, if you consider that game one of his girlfriends, that's the largest discrepancy he's had 38 years. Um, he he has let's see Leslie Mann, Selma Hayek. Okay, and then at the end of his career, they're all way younger. So like Brooklyn Decker, Katie Holmes, and Michelle Monaghan are the new ones introduced. Jennifer Aniston is also his girlfriend in Just Go with It, so that's much more age appropriate. What is She's Katie in Cubie Halloween? Katie Holmes is in Jack and Jill. I don't even know what that is. So Jack and Jill is the movie where he plays Jack and Jill. Oh, it's Adam yeah. Sandler. Yes. And Adam Sandler. And Jill is his like sister. I didn't do the more recent Netflix ones because who cares? <laughs> like, to say. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, in Uncut Gems, he dates Adina Menzel. I have never seen uh, Uncut Gems. Good movie. Um, I watched uh, Good Time. Uh, and it uh, really um, stressed, me stressed me out and made me feel like I needed to take a shower. Um, and then, yeah, Uncut Gems will do that. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, Robert Pattinson is is really good in in uh, in Good Time. Uh, you know what else he's really good in? Uh, the Twilight movies, the Twilight Saga, and all movies. He's just great. But he's actually not bad in Twilight. I don't believe. In the first one, in the first one, he gets a little bit dis detached as the movies go on. Like you can see, he's like, "I'm a, I want to be a real actor. <laughs> I'm not doing anything." But in the first movie, he's having a lot of fun. Okay, uh, he's kind of a, a huge weirdo. Uh, okay, so that is 
the Twilight digression in our Happy Gilmore episode. Yeah. Um, uh, so that covers Happy Gilmore. I don't know. Is there is there much more to say? No, I don't have. Um, I did have a question. Uh, which uh, goat song did you listen True. to? Because he has two albums. I listened to the one where he says, fuck me in the goat ass. <laughs> Wait, it's actually, it's pretty uh, clear. There's a song and there's a sketch. So the sketch is the one from 96. Yeah, I like the sketch. And then, yeah. and then in the album, and that's not available on Spotify, or at least it's not here. So I have to go to YouTube to find it. In 97, yep. he has the goat song, which is basically this, like the same story or the backstory of the goat, but a song. They're both extremely long. So the goat sketch is yes. nine minutes long. The goat yeah. song is almost eight minutes long. Um, neither are Too great, long. but the goat song is particularly dumb. Uh, I I remember specifically being in camp, and this is a good segue to what we're going to talk about next. I remember specifically being in camp and listening to the goat, the goat, like the talking one. Yeah. Not the song, because I was not in camp when the song came out. Like I stopped going to camp after the song came out specifically because of the song. Um, and I remember that being the funniest thing we had ever heard. Like we would just, we were running around camp just saying, fuck me in the goat ass. Like <laughs> constantly. <laughs> and I listen to it now and it's just not funny. Yeah. Except for that one phrase. It's like 10 minutes and in the middle of it, he drops that one phrase and it's kind of funny. And then the rest of it is so not, it just didn't work for me. In contrast to this movie, which really is uh, packed with like one liners, the goat sketch is like very loose and conversational. And like, there's not a lot of like jokety jokes in it. I, I don't know. Maybe it was just a. Yeah. It's, it's the voice. Yeah. That's the Very voice bad. element of the Adam Sandler comedy, right? It's like he's got the anger and he's got the voice. Yeah. And that's like he's doing a funny voice. But as a segue, I said we were segueing. So we're segueing from the concept of I went to camp. Yeah. We're segueing from um, – we're segueing on Ben Stiller as a nurse. Very funny in this movie. Great mustache work. Um, to heavyweights. Yes. Uh, and we have a special guest for this episode. Yeah. Which is really exciting. One of our Who's most... not in the room right now. They're not about to jump on mic. I don't want to set the wrong expectations. Yes. One of our most uh, dedicated listeners and old roommate of ours, uh, an old friend of ours, uh, Avi Feld, will be joining us for Heavyweights, which is uh, much like Megan, his favorite childhood movie. He'll tell. I don't know. We'll have to, he'll have to explain to us why he picked it. He'll tell us. Um, um, but yeah, that's what we'll be covering next week. Perfect. All right. Thank you.